Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, I am your guest speaker today. Our original speaker uh, was Chad Temple. He's actually uh, the brother of Amy Eliason, who does our young children's church and VBS and some of the other things around the church. But uh, they had a death in their family, an aunt of theirs, who actually... Uh, her and her husband we supported for many years they were missionaries also and so uh, Chad just want to send uh, just his love to the church and um, we'll, we'll get he's a firecracker he's a great great speaker we'll get him back we'll, we'll definitely get him back and uh, just keep their family in, in prayer I appreciate that and uh, so you're stuck with me so sorry about that you got me this morning oh great now everybody gets up and leaves no um, I, as I was praying this week you know uh, about our mission celebration week we always spend the last couple of weeks in January uh, just talking about our heart for missions and um, how we want to see you get involved uh, with that. And it's one of our core values um, uh, being able to support missionaries and, and different mission agencies, not only locally but around the world, uh, to help them answer the call that God has placed in their heart to reach uh, their segment of the world. And many times we it's hard to connect with that. Like, what is my part in all of this? And as I was praying this week and just, you know, seeking the Lord on, on, on what message to bring, um, I really felt led just to, just to look at Isaiah's calling in Isaiah chapter 6. And I know it, it may not necessarily be a, a, a particular miss, missions message, but I, ha- I, I believe it has everything to do with the missions message about... God grabbing our heart first to feel what he feels and to be burdened with the things that burden God. And as we see the calling of Christ to his disciples, he told them to go into to all the world. And really, missions is about people. It's about a heart for people that Jesus died for. And listen, I know we live in a very turbulent world. It's very easy to pick sides. It's very easy to, to um, be a people who stand against so many things. And, and I believe there are things that we need to stand for and uh, we need to um, walk in, in what, what the Bible tells us to walk in, in God's will. But I, at the end of the day, may we always have a heart for people. May we always understand the calling of God in our lives that Jesus came into a lost and dying world. And, and it's for messy people. He came for broken, sinful people who need a Savior. And so my heart for you is, is we just look into the heart of missions and, and what is my mission calling. My heart for you as your pastor is that, is that you would see missions as a calling, specifically for you. Not for just necessarily the 70 plus people that we support every month, but it's a calling for you. Not just for some place on the other side of the world, but that you would gain a greater heart and and empathy and compassion for your neighbors, for the person that you work with, for a family member. That's the heart of missions. And so that's my prayer for for, for you this morning as we just dig into this message. So would would you just pray with me? And my, my prayer for you is that God would just speak to your heart today. And I believe that's the core of the message of Isaiah that we're going to read in Isaiah chapter 6, is that God grabbed the heart of Isaiah, that Isaiah actually saw the Lord and that changed his life. It changed his heart and it changed his calling. And so that's my prayer for you um, this morning. So would you, would you pray, pray with me? Father God, we, we 
just thank you for your love and your goodness. Lord, I, I do pray for, for Chad Temple today. I, I thank you for the work that he's doing in Indianapolis, the inner city ministries that he's connecting to reach people for you, Jesus. So I pray you just be with them and their family, God, as they're going through this loss. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the message. I thank you for your calling in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would broaden our heart today to see what you see, that you would break us, that you would strip us, Lord, so that you can build us up and that you can show us what we need to see. Lord, I pray that we would put aside our preferences, the things that we see are important, but that aren't important to you, God. Help us to see through your eyes today. You called us all in Jesus Christ, and I pray that we would see that today through the calling of Isaiah. So we thank you for your word today. We love you, we praise you, and we want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's children said, amen. Have have you ever wondered why you care so much about a particular thing, right? You know, why you care so much maybe about a particular cause or issue? Um, Why do you care so much about this is a question that we should ask ourselves like, like, you know, what sports team that I like? Why do I care so much about that? And then can I just say this? I miss all the Buffalo Bill jerseys that, that were coming. <laughs> okay, I'm over it. All right. Um, why do we care so much about our particular sports team or what hobby I like or particular books that we might read or interested in? The reason is you're invested in them. You're invested in them. Um, remember when you first fell in love and um, it was amazing how you started caring about the things that they cared about? Do you, do you remember that? You, you, you know, you can't have a relationship with someone and not care about what they care about. And, and for you parents, maybe you remember this as your, as your kids were kids and they were children and there were particular things that they really liked, like my daughter, Lily, when she was younger, she loved American dolls. I mean, that was, oh, oh, you have to mortgage your house for those things. But she loved American dolls. And so, um, of course, you've got to become interested in American dolls. I've been to the American doll store in New York City. Um, you know, I, I knew the babies, the Biddy twins, Caroline. Um, by the way, the Biddy twins have been retired. But anyways... Um, so much I know about this stuff that I should know nothing about. And I can remember seeing somebody else, if there was another little girl, and she had a doll say, oh, you got the Biddy Twins. Oh, I see that. You, you got Caroline, right? I, as a dad, you, 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 you knew these things, right? If you're a cool dad like me. But anyways, no, you, you knew these things. And my sons, they loved Thomas the Tank Engine. Loved Thomas the Tank Engine. We still have the t- Thomas the Tank Engine table in our basement. And I still go down there and play with it. Just for old times' sake. I just, I just enjoy it. You know, and, and you remember, you know, you remember the names of Thomas the Tank Engine. You know, you, you just remember these things. You remember Percy and Edward and Henry and James and Sir Topham Hatt and Mean Diesel 10. Right, you you, rem- you, rem- you remember these things, right? And and because they cared about it, because they cared about it. I, it's funny just going on all the different the honor of going on all the different mission trips in different countries that I've been to over the years. It's amazing when that country comes on the news, how all of a sudden it perks your interest. You know, all of a sudden it's like I've been there. I I know a church there. I, I know a, a missionary there. In fact, uh, Uruguay was playing uh, in soccer 
uh, Peru. Uh, and I saw it when I was scrolling through the, the channels uh, last night. So I stopped because our missionary last week was from Uruguay. It interests me. So I stopped and I watched it for about four seconds because that's all I can take for soccer. But anyways, I'm sorry, you soccer fans. Um, so, but, but it perks your interest because you know someone or you've been there or it's something that you care about. See, when you invest in something, you begin to care about it. When I was uh, first became a Christian at 16, it, it amazed me how I started caring about the things that I normally didn't think about or normally didn't care about. It's amazing when Christ changed your, your heart. And here's the question I want to pose to you this morning. Why should I care about people in a different part of the world? Or why should I care about people that I've never met? Or, or someone that's different from me or different likes than me? See, this was a game changer for me. Because when Jesus transforms your heart, we begin to care about all people. See, that's, that's the heart of missions is we begin to care about all people because these are the things that Jesus cares about. So how do we receive a heart for missions? Jesus gave this great commission to his disciples right before he went to heaven. And he tells them, this is what you are to do. This is your game plan. This is my heart for you. And this should always be our heart as a church. Jesus says, this is recorded for us in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to notice in this passage of Jesus' words, he says to his disciples, and he says to us today, go and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus told his followers that we should care about people that we don't know or that we've never met. That we've never met. Do you realize that the church is the only organization that exists for people who have not yet belonged? See, we have membership at our church and we would love for you to take that step of membership and get plugged in. All those things are great. But we don't exist for ourselves alone. We exist for those who have not yet belonged. We want people, we want to continue to, to reach out to our community and, a, and around the world to tell people about the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples. You're to see beyond yourselves. And beyond where you live, to a world that needs to hear my message, that's why I came, to make disciples of all nations. See, how do I have a heart for people? See, that's the hard thing. How do, how do I gain this heart for people that God desires us to have? Even people that I, I don't know. So I want to read for you the account of the prophet Isaiah in his calling. And I want you to notice what changed in Isaiah. Because when we read this account of Isaiah, he has this experience with God in the temple. Now I want you to understand something. Isaiah is coming to the temple over and over and over again. And he's worshiping, he's going through his religious motions, he's doing things, doing things for the Lord. But something dramatically happens to him in this encounter that's recorded for us. In Isaiah chapter 6. 
And I believe this has everything to do with our calling in Christ to go into all the world, to not see missions as something that's far away, but something that God first has to do in our heart. Isaiah went from simply believing something to having a calling. So let's read that Isaiah 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. And it says this, And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, with two wings that covered their faces and two that covered their feet. And with two they were flying and they were calling out to one another. Boy, put a pin there. Wouldn't that be cool? That's just amazing vision, amazing thing that he saw right before his very eyes. And this is what they were saying to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And you might be thinking, Well, Pastor, how does Isaiah's encounter with God, what what does that have to do with missions. Our encounter with God, our heart for people must start with an encounter with God. It has to start there. You see, what God was doing in this encounter that he had with Isaiah in the temple, he was preparing his heart. There is so much that we need to unpack uh, unpack in this verse that's going on that we may not understand at first until we understand the context of where and how this verse was written. See, it starts with God doing something in us first. You see, we make the mistake thinking missions is about going somewhere. God, if I, if I answer the call, am I going to have to go to Africa? Right? We, we always think that. Missions is not about going somewhere. Missions is not about a destination. It's about a call. God called Isaiah. Missions are about God working through us. So I want to look at what God did for Isaiah and how Isaiah answered the call. First, first, what God does is he prepares Isaiah's heart. So what happened to Isaiah? Well, he knew about God. He was going through the religious things. He was going to the temple. He knew about God. But at this moment, he knew God. There was something that changed. Isaiah would go to the temple over and over again, and then all of a sudden, he meets with God. Go figure. All of a sudden, there's something that changes. What does Isaiah say? He says, I actually saw the Lord. Something awakened within him. He experienced the presence of God. He moved from going through the motions religiously to actually knowing God. Now, we can do the same thing if we're not careful. We can go to church, but never really meet with God. 
We can go through maybe our devotions and maybe a prayer time without ever really meeting with God. And I'm not saying that coming to church and, and doing our devotions, prayer times are, 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 are not wrong within themselves, but we can go through these religious calisthenics sometimes, but never really meet with God. And I think this can be true of all of us at one time or another. And I believe if we're not careful, we can orchestrate our relationship with God or have a relationship with God that's on our terms. See, in order for you to make it in your Christian walk, God has to strip you of yourself. There can be no dependency on you or who you are or your giftings. You see, I'm, God, God wasn't doing this. God, God, this encounter with, with Isaiah was not something to harm Isaiah. It was to equip Isaiah to do the work that he called him to do. I, don't, I want to preach the end of my sermon so bad right now, but I can't. I've got to restrain Martin. Hold on. You see, here's the thing I want you to see. He experiences his presence in a real way. How do we know that he experiences his, his, his presence in such a real way? And this is where we need to be careful because we can do a lot for God, but are we really meeting him? Because we still might not know him. We still might not know him. So let, let, me, let me illustrate straight it this way. The difference between just meeting with God and, really, and, and just really knowing him and God transforming our hearts. We, we can fall into this trap with, with, our, with our spouse. Okay, let me, let, let me use a marriage illustration here. We, we can live with each other, but do we really know each other, right? Other things can connect us with our spouse, but that doesn't mean that we're actually connected to each other. Our kids can keep us connected, but what happens when they leave the house what it will reveal is what the relationship is actually built on. When you connect with your spouse's heart, it changes everything. You see, what God is trying to show us is he doesn't want your service, he wants your heart. Because when he he has your heart, he will have everything else. And will do everything else correctly with the right motives. So how do we know that Isaiah encountered God? How, how do we know that this encounter with God was real and authentic? Well, when Isaiah had a true encounter with God, he realized he was unworthy and a man who needed cleansing. He actually says that he was ruined, or the word can be undone, or stripped. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up, the first thing he noticed is that he was unworthy to be in his presence. There was nothing that Isaiah was bringing to the table to God that was worthy within himself. Now here's the thing. God doesn't leave him there. God doesn't expect Isaiah to do anything in his own strength or accord. He doesn't say, okay, now leave the, the altar Go do good things, go help people, right? And then come back and you'll be worthy. What does he do? God does for Isaiah what Isaiah cannot do for himself. God does the cleansing of his heart for Isaiah. By taking the coal off the altar and cleansing his lips, 
He does the work for him. He atones for his sin. I want you to notice that God doesn't expect Isaiah to clean up himself. This is a complete work of God's grace at this point. By God's grace, God atones for Isaiah's sin by taking the coal off the altar and touching his lips. Now, the altar is where sins are atoned for. God does this for Isaiah, and what a perfect picture of Christ and what he does for us. By God's grace, he sends his son to be an offering for us. God does the cleansing for us. I love that. So God doesn't leave him there. God doesn't leave him in despair. God says, I'm going to cleanse you and I'm going to atone for your guilt. See, the start of missions and hearing the heart of God is recognizing we don't bring anything to the table. That when we come to the Lord, we say, God, I'm unworthy, but you are worthy and you're the one that makes me worthy through your sacrifice. And he strips us of ourselves And then he cleanses us and he uses us. So there's nothing in your past that can be held over you when God does the cleansing in your life. He sets you free to be used by him. So he no longer has that guilt or remorse. God says, I'll do the cleansing so you can come near. By the grace of God, he does that for us through his son, Jesus. So let me show you why this passage is all about missions. And why at the end of this encounter and what he experienced would encourage Isaiah to never give up. Never give up. So God, what he does is he meets with Isaiah, God cleanses Isaiah, God calls Isaiah, and God sends Isaiah. He does everything. And all Isaiah does is he says this, I'll go. Send me. I'll go. See, what will keep Isaiah from not giving up? It's his calling. That God called him. That God cleansed him. That's what's going to keep him from not giving up. We had a, um, one of our professors in, in school at Southeastern, the school I attended, Bible college I attended, um, what I loved about him is Dr. Richardson. He's since passed away. What I loved about Dr. Richardson, he spent 20 years in ministry. And the professors I enjoyed the most were the ones that had ministry, practical ministry experience because they got the ministry with the education part. And I remember one class, I'll never forget this, Dr. Richardson. He was from Tennessee, and he would tell us these crazy stories of how people would give him possums, you know, dead possums for meals and raccoons and all this crazy stuff living in the backwoods of Tennessee. I'm like, that's just crazy. And, um, but I remember this one time he said to us, he goes, and, and I'll never forget this, He said, there are going to be so many times that you're going to want to give up. That as pastors, you're going to feel like a failure. That you're going to wake up on Monday morning, like, and I I get this, you wake up on Monday morning, like, can I do this again? Or you feel like you don't do a good job, or you didn't do something correctly, and you just really get down on yourself. He said, remind yourself of, of this. God is the one that called you. And God is the one that will sustain you. Never forget that. And may your dependency be completely on him. For all of us, wherever we're called, there are days we're going to feel like giving up. But what keeps us going is knowing that God called us. Not in your gifting or your strength, because that's the case, we'll give up immediately. 
but it's through the calling of God and through his strength and through his cleansing, we keep going, that we won't give up. And I believe for Isaiah, what's going to keep him going, and, what, and we can read this in the scriptures and not giving up, was this call and this experience that he had with the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6 that's written for us. Isaiah's heart changed, and he answered the call of God, and he said, send me. Now, the question is this. Why isn't his heart fearful and anxious? It all hinges on that first verse where it says this. In the year... King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now you can pass right over that without understanding the context of who King Uzziah was. Here's what happened. King Uzziah, for the most part, was a good king. Most of the kings in in, in Israel were not so good. Uzziah was good, except towards the end of his kingship, he got prideful. And he offered up incense in the temple that was only reserved for the priest. And God judged him by sending him leprosy. And in the year King Uzziah died, he died with leprosy. Parallel that with Isaiah saying, King Uzziah died, but I saw the Lord. What? This is not a good thing. Isaiah knew that his message would not be received well. Isaiah knew that there'd be hostility towards him. And if you read that, you can see that. God is is setting up to judge Israel because of their backsliding. He's going to speak to a nation that has hardened their hearts against God. Just just stay with me for just one second. Mm. So good. Listen. He knows that after Uzziah died, there was no leadership to take his place. The prosperity that they saw is now gone. There's an invading army called Assyria that's going to come and eventually judge part of Israel and then eventually Babylon will come and and, and destroy the temple through God's judgment and God allowing this. Isaiah knows this. What keeps him from not giving up? Knowing that he's going to have this hostility towards his message. What keeps him from not giving up? Is he saw the Lord on his throne. High and lifted up. That his train filled the temple. What kept Isaiah from not giving up was his calling. Listen. This world that we live in today, yeah, it might be very hostile to the message of Christ. It may not be received really well. We live in such turbulent times. But may we see through the eyes of God not to give up. Let's not fight the wrong battle. The the battle we're fighting is for the heart of people not what political side we're trying to get them to come on. Amen? You with me, church? I love you. The fight is for souls. Isaiah knew that. And he spoke the word of God boldly to people who didn't want to hear it. 
but he did not give up. And the reason why I believe Isaiah did not give up is because God prepared him. God changed his heart. God God called him. God cleansed him. And that he showed Isaiah who he truly was, that this God that is high and lifted up, and he's securely, securely sitting on his throne. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. We live in very turbulent times. But I do know one thing. Jesus will still be on the throne. He's going to be on the throne tomorrow. He's going to be on the throne next week. He's going to be on the throne next month. He's going to be on the throne next year. And guess what? He will always be on the throne. He will always be in control. You can trust him with your life. So no matter which way our country goes, whatever that may be, that doesn't mean we, we don't speak up and we don't say things that are on our heart that, that, that need to protect people and individuals that are, are vulnerable. We should be speaking towards those things. But what are the things that we're fighting for? We're fighting for the hearts of people and their souls. Let's never forget that. That's what God has called us to. And I believe what gave Isaiah such a peace in not being alarmed and fearful and not moved was that God showed him that he is on the throne. So whatever you're going through, whatever difficulty you're going through, just remember that God is in control and trust him with your life. Allow your heart to be for people in their soul. Don't give up when it gets hard and difficult because our calling is so much greater than this world. And I believe for Isaiah, the peace that he had, God gave to him. And he did that to prepare Isaiah for the difficult things that he was going to face. And he didn't give up. So how do we have a missions heart? Encounter God. Let God cleanse you through his son. And obey his calling. Listen to his calling. Listen to his calling. My heart for you as your pastor is that that we wouldn't get sidetracked on things that don't matter. That aren't pertinent to the kingdom of God. So let's allow God first to touch us, touch our hearts so that we can see through his eyes, feel with his heartbeat. I think everything in that encounter with Isaiah was to prepare Isaiah for the future. To not give up. So no matter how hard it got for Isaiah, he knew, God, you called me. You called me. I know you're still in control. I saw you. I saw you. You were on the throne. Guess what? He hasn't moved people, and he never will. So we can trust that with our lives. Encounter God, let him cleanse you, and obey his calling. Um, as the, the worship team's coming up, I just want to share this one last, last story. Um, there's a missionary couple that we support, the Johnsons, Lindy and Josh Johnson. They are, they are in Nepal, and um, what they do is they reach some of the most unreached people groups in the world, in, in the mountains of Nepal. Um, the Johnsons were here some time ago, and uh, a couple years back, and I remember them showing us a picture 
of a mountain range in Nepal. And I remember Lindy pointing out to me, she says, Pastor Barden, beyond that mountain range, there's been no gospel presentation. No one's ever heard the gospel, not, not once. And I, and I got thinking to myself, that's why we do missions. That's why we support people. That's why we send people out. See, God called them to a people group. And I can't imagine not even hearing the gospel one time. Well, the interesting story about, about Lindy is that um, she was part of my youth group when I was a youth pastor in South Carolina. And, and uh, we're on a missions trip to El Salvador. And we're on a bus trip back from a ministry site. And um, she was crying. I said, I said, Linda, you all right? What's going on? And um, she looked at me and she said, Pastor Barden, how, how do you know when you're called to missions? And I just looked at her and, and um, I said, Linda, you, just, you won't be able to see yourself doing anything else. Listen. When God calls you, you won't be able to see yourself doing anything else than reaching the heart of people, whether it's at your job, a neighbor, a coworker. That's the thing you're going to be thinking about. That's the thing that's going to be calling you. Now, they, may, they might be the most irritating person in the whole world, but allow God to give your heart to oversee that, to see their heart that Jesus came to give his life for them too. That's your calling. But unless God first cleanses us, it's very difficult to have a heart for people. Let, let, let God strip us first and then listen to his voice, let him cleanse you, and then listen to his calling for the heart of people. And just pray. And pray. And pray for them. Let him touch your heart. You know, there's, there's a couple times where, you know, I'm just driving up and down Ridge Road, back and forth to church. You know, I don't know how many thousands of times I've done that. And um, there's a couple times where God will just grip my heart and say, Barton, when's the last time you prayed for all these houses when you go down? The street. It's, it's those times where God just grabs your heart and says, don't forget about people. So let's not forget that as a church, amen? So let's pray. And listen, you say, Pastor, how, how, how can I be invested in this? Well, the, the way Pastor Brand said before, the way we support all these missionaries is, is through your faithful gifts, and thank you for that. And you can go online and there's an undesignated mission, missions giving, and you can give to that. And that goes to support benevolence and all our, our missionaries that we support. So thank you for doing that. And I know many of you, that'll be a sacrifice. I know a lot of times that's above your normal giving to the general fund, but thank you for that so we can keep, keep doing that and sending out, you know, Lindy and Josh Johnson to Nepal. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for just the different things we do around our community, whether it's a school outreach or it's a harvest feast or VBS or whatever it is. Thank you for your service to reach people's hearts. 
Some of you here today are a product because someone just reached out to you or you popped into a VBS or you just a school event or something, and um, that's what it's all about. So let's never, ever, ever forget that. Amen? I'm so glad we're part of our community and, um, and, and, and part of supporting many, many others that are going around the world and around our community to share the love of Christ. So, all right, I'm going to shut up. I'm babbling now. So I told you, I just prepared this message. So you're, you, that you get what you get. So, amen. So can we pray? Can we pray and just ask God just to, to cleanse us today and, and just to heed his calling and to obey that in our lives as a church as he moves us forward? Father God, thank you. Thank you for what you did in Isaiah's heart. Lord, you want to do the same in ours. Lord, we don't, we don't want to go through the religious motions, but we want to encounter you. We want to see you. We want you to cleanse us. And we need to hear your calling to send us. Lord, help us to see our neighbors in a different way, our coworkers in a different way, our family members in a different way. Lord, just let us heed that calling that we will have that encounter with you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, for cleansing us. And so, Lord, we do pray for our, our community. We pray for um, our, our missions partners, God, that you would just encourage them when they get discouraged, Lord, that you would continue to do the work in their heart and their lives as they spread your wonderful message. So we thank you, Lord. Do that work in us first. And as we sing this song in closing, may it be our prayer as we build our lives on Christ. And just change us today and uh, do that work in us as we just commit our hearts to you. And we just want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' precious, precious name. In Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. All God's children said, amen, amen. Can we thank the Lord for his word today and for who he is? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys.